This is the Lacrosse Classified Podcast on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and indoor lacrosse. Each week, we'll cover the hottest storylines and talk to the biggest names in the sport. Now, let's talk some lacrosse. The proverbial bell has rung. It's time for Lax Class. Thanks for joining us here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network for another episode episode 38 of lacrosse classified jake elliott evan schemenauer with you back once again a fantastic program on deck for you this week as we will have one of the newest inductees uh hall of famer gm of the six nations chiefs one Dwayne jacobs will join us uh, in about 20 25 minutes from now and then Former Roughneck great, uh, Jersey hanging there in the rafters of the Saddle Dome. Now the head coach of the Nanaimo Timbermen, who are in the playoffs. The head coach will join us. Niner, it's Caleb Toth coming up uh, in about 45 minutes uh, from now. Evan, uh, welcome back. Another week, another episode here, and lots to talk about this week here on Lax Class. Well, the WLA season didn't disappoint at the end at all. <laughs> That is an understatement, I would say. Yeah, I mean, New West winning both their games set up a winner-take-all at the end, and we'll get into that a little later. But, you know, the way that this wrapped up, and even the game Saturday with Vic just needing a win for first against Coquitlam where you think, this is a cakewalk. They beat them 13-2 a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And now they're struggling just to, to, to win that game because otherwise they would have had a heck of a first-round playoff match in their hands. Yeah, 9-8 uh, the final in that one. Shamrocks rested a lot of bodies in that one, I must say. But uh, Coquitlam gave them everything they could handle. And then some, but uh, they come up a goal short. Shamrocks finish in first place, and uh, they'll take on Nanaimo in the first round. Um, I got to I gotta say this uh, off the top here, Evan. Uh, Rough Riders and Lions uh, playing a, a back-to-back uh, over the last couple of weeks in CFL action. Uh, my BC Lions are not doing so well, and, and the Riders uh, there in Saskatchewan got got the get well card uh, having to play bc on back-to-back weeks i'm not a riders fan though that's the thing uh, i know a lot of people in saskatchewan turn their heads like how's that possible but no i'm a longtime Ed- edmonton eskimos fan really yeah unabashed edmonton eskimos fan in saskatchewan are you listening to this rush nation my goodness i can't believe you just admitted that right on the air here it is what it is. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, Eskimos. I think it, comes, it, it comes back to my university days, and those that remember the Riders in the mid-'90s, they were a bit of a party team, mm. uh, not exactly the nicest guys on the planet, uh, except for Dan Farling, phenomenal guy, Dan Farling. But, uh, you know, it really put the nail in the coffin as to driving me away from the riders at that point in time. Okay, fair enough. Uh, all right, well, anyways, uh, so much for that. Riders went 2-0 and against the Lions. Why don't we get into report cards here, Evan? Uh, we got some good ones. We got some bad ones, and we got some okay ones coming up here on Stampede Tax Weekly report cards. Uh, more than just a boot store there at Stampede Tax in Western Wear. They carry a wide range of hats, keep you protected 
from the wind, the sun, the snow, the rain. You, it sounds almost like a, a mail carrier would want to go here. Camping, fishing, hiking, anything you do, I'm delivering the mail. Anything you do outdoors, Stampede Tack and Western Wear has got a hat for you. Visit them at stampede.ca or shop on well shop online by visiting them at stampede.ca or stop in right there in Cloverdale. Uh, remind me now, Evan, to give away a hat here at the end of the program. Uh, we haven't really decided on that. We forgot again last well, week. Well, I, I, I've got an idea for that. We'll get into that later, but I do have an idea on that one. Okay, uh, good to know. Let's get into report cards here. We're going to do something a little bit different because we got something kind of unique this week uh, where... Well, let's just do this. We're going to start with the B letter grade, and we're going to kind of jump around here a little bit. Uh, so B, we got down here, Evan, the Steve Priolo, Mike Messenger, heavyweight tilt at Queen's Park last Thursday. Now, watching online, the cameraman, my man Patrick, play <laughs> full screen there just I don't know what happened he went to sleep he left the camera facing to center right when the scrap was going on so I'm hearing Brandon Astle like freaking out during this fight and I can't see it and now I'm freaking out uh fortunately my old combatant there Dodzy Neil Doddridge took a, a heck of a video from a, a pretty close-up range as well and got a great uh shot of it it's on my Twitter feed if you want to see it but what a tilt this was I think both guys near the end of their shift here I'm not sure who was on the floor longer but Messenger connected with some hellacious shots and then ended the thing with a hip toss as well I got to give the decision uh to Mike Messenger over Steve Perello, but I got to give Priello some props here too. Like he took some heavy shots and stood right in there. The guy has a chin like no other. It's unusual you'd have these two guys fighting because it's rare that they'd be on the floor at the same time. Right. It just happened to be that from what I've been told, Messenger was on defense. He came up through transition and stuck around for the offensive possession, and that's what caused it. I wouldn't go up against Mike Messenger for anything. That guy scares the heck out of me, even watching him live. You know, like, <laughs> remember, he put Tom Shriver into the box there earlier this year. Yeah, remember what he did to Chetner after uh, there in Saskatchewan as well. Sent him about six feet in the air. Oh, yeah. Like, the guy's a beast. And, you know, what can you say about him? And, yeah, he cut Priolo up apparently pretty good, too. So, you know, good, good on them both for going at it. But, um, you could not pay me enough to go head to head against Mike Messenger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he uh, you just look at him and he's kind of got that glazed look in his eye like he just he's ready to snap at a moment's notice. And I, I've seen Mike fight plenty of times back in junior and stuff, but uh taking on Street Perello and and getting back to this cuz I know we were like really hard on what happened there at Owen Sound and Six Nations. I want to be clear on something here. When I was talking about that and still thinking that there was a place in the game for a scrap, like that was a perfect example of it. It was a two guys willing to go at it, had respect for the code, had respect for each other. 
It was they, like they literally were side by side walking to the penalty box after the fight. And I'm not sure why it happened or what transpired, but the difference between what happened in Six Nations and the difference between what happened in Queen's Park, two completely different things. And that's what I'm talking about when I still say I think there's a place for that in the game where what happened in Six Nations, that can go away anytime soon. No, absolutely. Well, now the difference here is, and this is the comparison I get when you compare lacrosse to hockey, is that in hockey you've got blades on, it's easier for you to go down in lacrosse. It's a bit of a street brawl because it's much more difficult to go down. But, mm. yeah, two willing guys, they went at it, you know, got broken up. They both went to the box, did their five minutes. Yeah. The no be- big deal. The, be- the best was the, the 10, 11, 12-year-old girl there sitting in the front row chomping on her popcorn. <laughs> Watching two grown men punch each other in the face and uh, was very ill-phased by it all. Just, uh, you know, after it was over, she kind of looked back to her parents and was like, well, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that made me chuckle. So anyways, uh, Priello, Messenger, you get a B letter grade for, for that uh, display of fisticuffs on Thursday night at Queen's Park Arena. C letter grade, Evan. Let's go to C. And now that we're about to turn the calendar page into August, we're starting to see it more and more here in the WLA and, and BC Junior Lacrosse floor wipes. There's an argument to be made that floor wipes are kind of like TV timeouts in the NLL, but I will never buy into that argument because these are unscheduled. You can have five of them in, in about a seven-minute span. You can have one in a 10-minute span. Do players need a break every now and then during the game? I don't know if they do. If they do, maybe get yourself in better shape. I don't know. But I, what I do know is that the more I watch lacrosse, the more I think that it should be played on turf all the time. Uh, I Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm a traditionalist. I, I love the wooden sticks, and I love the squeak of the sneakers. I, I love the old wood there in Queens Park and in Burnaby. I think that's very unique. But the game of lacrosse is about speed. It's about flow, tempo, momentum. And all that goes out the window every time a guy hits the deck come July 15th because he leaves a sweat track that can cause a major injury. And you have to stop the game and wipe up the floor. And that just kills everything that lacrosse is supposed to be. But there's no way around it. So I like unless teams are willing to buck up and lay down a turf, which some of them are, some of them aren't. Uh, there's only one set of turf here, and that's in Langley, uh, in the WLA. There's two wood surfaces; the rest are concrete. But floor wipes, like I, I hate them. Now, of course, the key there is if you put turf in every stadium, how cost prohibitive is it? Right? Some of these WLA MSL teams just don't have the money, but. There were some complaints, well, I wouldn't say complaints, but hints on social media that in some of these Junior A games that all of a sudden a mysterious floor wipe happens with a minute to go in the game, right? (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, you got to take care of the safety It's become, Evan, sorry, it's become like the new pulling a strap on your goal pads or faking a hamstring cramp to get an extra timeout. And this is what we're starting to see because of this. They know the officials are going to blow it down and wipe the floor. Oh, maybe I'll just, you know, wring out my jersey here a little bit and, and get some 
moisture on the surface and then point to it and say, hey, hey, we need a floor wipe here. Or maybe I'll just squirt my water bottle over the bench in front of the in front of the bench onto the floor and say, hey, hey, because we're losing by three goals and we need to slow the game down and get a timeout. I, I get it. They have to do it. But it drives me crazy, and it, and it, it goes against everything that the sport of yeah. lacrosse is supposed to be. So, but, uh, go but ahead. it should go be ahead. a delay of game penalty if you can sure. spot that it's realistic, right? Sure, sure. But I like I, I honestly can't ever imagine a referee making that call, though. Like, you know what I mean? So, uh, it is it what it is. <laughs> it is what it is, and that's why it gets the C letter grade. Now... Here is something as we move to letter grade D. Remember, we have not given out A. We have not given out F yet. We're gonna we're gonna go to D. We've done B. We've done C. Now we're going to D. And here's something that can something can be done about this because I've seen it done with other teams. Now, Maple Ridge and New Westminster are about to play each other in a playoff series. I've ranted on this for I don't know how long, Evan. Probably close to a decade. Maybe a sh- bit shorter than that. Yeah, a good three, four years I can recall. Right. Burnaby, credit to them, made the change this year. Langley, credit to them, made the change a couple of years ago. Coquitlam, I think, was maybe the first team to do it. Uh, I don't know how long Victoria or Nanaimo. I can't even picture their nets right now. But where I'm going with this, Newest and Maple Ridge both have white nets. And not only do they have white nets, but they are tightly strung white nets. And mark my words here, Berards, mark my words here, Bellies, some point during this season or series, there is going to be a goal that is counted that shouldn't have or a goal that didn't count that should have. And I'm talking at least one, probably more, because you have white nets with a white ball that travels 100 miles an hour going into a net that's strung almost as tight as a tennis racket. Tell me who is making this decision to manufacture and then not only do that, but then convince somebody to buy a white net that is being played with a white ball. What color are the nets in hockey, Evan? They're white. And what color is the puck in hockey, Evan? Yeah, it's black. Okay, so we're not changing the color of the lacrosse ball because that is gospel. But I've seen other teams around the league, around the country. They've done it. They've switched. There's black nets out there. I don't know if it's a city thing or an arena thing or a team thing. I'm telling you right now, figure this out. You got a couple of days to do it before your series starts. Get some black nets on those nets so we don't have any controversy. And somebody could lose a series over a judgment call because a ref couldn't see it. I recall the uh, the Man Cup last time when it was out west. And there was a shot by Sean Evans um, in a tight game late. And he, from where I can see it on the camera... He pots that thing just under the bar, but the thing hits the bottom of the bar, hits that mesh that's tight, mm-hmm. and spins out of the net, right? And the referee at 100 miles an hour is not, not only that, but he's looking at four different things at the same time, because the two-man system back then, he doesn't see it. And you know, first off, loosen the netting up, 
makes because the whole point of the netting is to ensure that you know that the ball has entered the net. That's the whole point of it to start with. There's no other reason for it. But how much does a black mesh cost? Two hundred bucks, maybe, at best. Like, come on, guys. This this should be simple and it should be yeah, mandatory, is what it should be, Evan. Every team should be instructed to get black nets. I I will never understand why you would use white nets with a white ball. It just mark my words. Somebody is going to benefit and somebody is going to get hosed in this upcoming series because not only one team, both these teams have white nets and tightly strung at that. So you've been warned, both of you, you got some time to figure it out. Series gets going on Wednesday. And it's not like you have an overhead cam to prove that it went in. No. And until you make the change, you guys both get a D letter grade for the Nets at Queen's Park and fabulous Cam Neely Arena. Um, All right, Evan, we've done B, C, and D. We got A and F left. Now, the reason we did it like this is because (laughs) it involves one game, and that one game is going to get both letter grades. Let's start with A. Let's start with A because we need to finish here with F. The 8-8 tie between Burnaby and Nanaimo for a playoff spot on the second-to-last regular season game of the series, or the season. The game of the year, no question about it. With everything that was on the line, not one penalty called in this game. The Lakers tie it up with four seconds left to force overtime in what was a goaltending duel between Eric Penny and Charles Claxton. And what a game it was Friday night from the Swamp. So for that, they get the letter A grade. Now, first off, I wish you could have seen it. I had mm. issues with playful screen yeah. all night. Yeah. So I, I was being a box score cowboy, but I'm sitting there looking at overtime like, this is three on three. Somebody's got a score, right? And I'm also looking at the like as the uh, the scoreboard has all the shots. I'm like, why is the nine will shooting with 15 seconds left in the shot clock? They don't have to win this. Yeah, but you know, if it's a win or go home game, and that's the game you get, that is the best possible result you could have. Well. I'll say this. I think it was almost the worst-case scenario for the WLA to have a game of that magnitude be decided or not be decided on three-on-three overtime. I I like the concept, Evan, of trying to get games decided in overtime instead of playing a full ten minutes of five-on-five and quite likely – once you get to overtime, you're going to finish that game in a tie. That's kind of the history. So they wanted to make a, a change, and I and I fully encourage the change. But when it comes down to deciding a team's playoff fate on a three-on-three, it's 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 a little gimmicky for one. It's sudden death, but then nobody scored. And on top of that, 
Like, I don't think Burnaby realized what the scenario was that they needed to score in order to, to punch their ticket because they didn't well, start maybe, pulling. I don't know if they did because they were retweeting my tweet all day that said they, that they needed a win. I don't know. Maybe well, it didn't mess with Yeah, I mean, up. because the social media director knows it doesn't mean everybody else knows it. You know what I'm saying? So they, they, they kind of started like, oh, with about two and a half minutes to go, go, we need to start pulling our goaltender here because we need to win. But then on the other side of it, Nanaimo, I don't think they realized that a tie was good enough for them because 40 seconds left in the game, Charles Claxton took a took a chance at an empty net on a full-court shot. Gillis shooting with, I don't know what it was, 18 seconds left to go when he didn't need to. The shot clock was off. He could have ran it out. So we'll ask Caleb Toth about it, whether everybody was in the know on the bench or not. But the way they both teams played three-on-three overtime – led me to believe that not everybody was on the same page. And not only that, but like walking out of their arena at the end of the game, the fans had no clue what was on the line there and what the ramifications were at the end of the game with it finishing in a tie. Like, I think everybody knew what was on the line. You win, you're in, you lose, you're out. But nobody knew what this what this deal was if they ended up in a tie. And that's exactly what happened. So... You get the A. Which is why more people need to follow me. They yeah, there you go. At Shemlock. So I'll get you a plug in early. Uh, back to the point. They get the A, Evan, for just a heck of a night at the swamp. Well, but and the before F, we go to the other, before we go to the F, we didn't talk about Robert Church. I mean, what a game this guy's had. What a season he's had. Yeah. Now, can you imagine the MVP of the league is going to be on a team that didn't make the playoffs? Well, uh, don't. Don't count that because Mitch Jones ended up leading the league in scoring, and he made the playoffs. Yeah, that's so, true. So, you know, Robert Church, most goals in the league came up, I think, four or five points short of Mitch Jones. But, I like, I Frank Schiliano has got a goals against average of, like, five, Evan. Uh, Mitch Jones led the league with 90 points. Church right behind him with 85. So I think there's three guys in that conversation. I'm not ready to hand it to Robert Church, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue if it did go to him. That's for sure. Um, the F goes to three-on-three overtime deciding a playoff spot and to the two teams that I don't think they really knew what was on the line going into overtime as far as ending in a tie. I think that's a real tough wow. way. You look back at the the WLA history, Evan, like 19 points, 20 points, 10 wins, if you will, gets you into the WLA playoffs more often than not. Burnaby finished with, I want to say, 21 and didn't get in. That's 21's correct. Yeah. yeah, that's that's tough. That's tough. Usually 21, you're, well, you're a lock to get in, but that's just the year that it was in the dub. Well, I mean, the real F goes to tied games to begin with. Yeah. T- right? yeah. I hate ties. I mean, it, it's 2019 and we still got ties. Why don't you put 20 minutes up on that clock? It's a full period. Well, because that's Let the rule. That's they they scores. decided on this in the regular season uh, before I, I, it started. This that. was the rule, and you can't. Oh, because it's a, a game deciding game. You can't you can't change the rule in the last game of the year. But with well, that you being can't said, the rule. no. But the thing is, is that I don't like the rule. You know, I don't like the no, rule. It, Here's what I, I like suggest. The, I don't like the tie. Get it. Somebody win this thing, right? Four like, on four, ten minutes, sudden death. You're going to get a win. The one. The one tie the entire season is the most important game of right, the year. Right, right. That's, ter- that's the worst-case scenario they could have ever expected to happen. 
Now, I still like this a lot more than the ten, play the full 10 minutes out and see how many goals he can score. That one I, I really no. can't. So let's go, but, let's go four on four because I think four on four is extremely entertaining lacrosse. Four on four, put 10 minutes up on the clock, but it's sudden death. You're going to get a goal in 10 minutes with four on four lacrosse. Or even put 20 up there. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, well, it's no. I, yeah. Yeah. I, just right? avoid the tie. What, uh, I don't, I don't well, know how okay, you do I it. Mean, you, gotta, you do have to speed it up a bit because there are issues with getting back on the ferry. Sure. That's exactly know, at, at it. Night. That's exactly it. And you want to worry about your fans a little bit, uh, school nights, whatever. You know, they got to get home, got to get the kids to bed as well. So um, I, I applaud the effort for trying to come up with something new uh, because I, I, I'm, I'm okay with change, but I don't think three-on-three, five-minute sudden death works for me, and I know it doesn't work for Burnaby, and I don't know how other people feel about it. Those are my thoughts on it. The game itself gets the A. Games ending and ties gets the F. <sighs> that was a good report card session, if I do say so myself right there, Evan. Uh, let's get to break. Uh, on the other side, the newest Hall of Fame member and the GM of the Six Nations Chiefs. Heat up, you Chiefs. It's Dewey Jacobs on the other side, right here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Kylie O'Miller of The Fight of the WPLL. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars, throwing the game one podcast at a time. All right, lacrosse fans, welcome back to Lax Class. Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. You heard it there. Thanks to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging, associated-labels.com. You need a label. You need a package. Find my friend Sean Ashworth and the gang here in Coquitlam, Associated LP, as in labels and packaging. You want to find them online. Uh, they do up a, a daily blog letting you know everything that they got going on down there at their brand new warehouse. I suggest you give it a read. Super interesting stuff. And then if you need a labor or package, well, your decision is easy. Associated labels and packaging. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar with you. And now joined by one of the newest members of the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame. He does have an NLL championship to his title and six Man Cup championships. Three as a player, three as a GM. He is the general manager of the Six Nations Chiefs. It's Dwayne Dewey Jacobs. Dewey, thanks for doing this, man. Hey, thanks a lot. Uh, Glad you could have me. Glad we could have you as well. Uh, Let's start with the Chiefs. We'll get into the Hall of Fame. We'll get into uh, some World Championship lacrosse as well, Dewey. But uh, let's talk about your Chiefs here first. Uh, A couple of losses there to Peterborough over the week. But how are you feeling about your Chiefs uh, heading in towards the playoffs here? You got a a real nice lineup. Do you guys feel like if if you play your best, you can beat anybody? Yeah, I I think so. Um, You know, we... uh... We, we think we have the parts. Um, you know, we've uh, solidified our goaltending this year with uh, having uh, Dylan Ward back. Um, 
you know, our defense um, is is young and 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 fast, and uh, you know, we have a lot of skill up front. So, you know, I I don't think we played our best yet, and probably no team out there has. But uh, we feel good about where we are and heading into the playoffs. But I guess and you got two games back to back like that, and you're probably going to face that team in the finals. What is the main takeaway? Like, what what is it you've, what you you learned from those two games that you can use in f- future weeks here? Um, I, I don't I don't really know. I mean, um, you know, obviously we know Peterborough is a, a a a very good team, and 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 you you know they they have a lot of depth and. And you know they they're good in all three areas. Like they're they're good in goaltending. Their defense is good. Their offense is good. And you know what? We we struggle a little bit to to um, to be mentally. I think mentally focused with them right now. And I, I think that's the main thing. They you know they've really had our number probably the last two two seasons. So. Right now, I think it's a mental thing for us, um, but that's something you know we're definitely aware of and looking looking forward to uh, the playoffs. Speaking with Dwayne Jacobson, and I want to take you back to the beginning of the year, Dewey, and, and it, you had a chance to go out and get the likes of a Lyle Thompson, and a lot of eyeballs popped out of their heads when they saw that deal go down. But for me, like Lyle's my favorite player to watch play the game. He's so dynamic, and it was it like almost a no-brainer to make the deal when when you found out that he was available yeah yeah it was i mean you know we we've expressed interest with him for the past couple of years and and you know when when brooklyn was ready to move him you know they obviously wanted a lot and 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 uh, we certainly paid a lot but you know we we really feel that he's he's the best player in the game right now and you know, when you have one of those players uh, join your lineup with an already uh, good, real good supporting cast, you know, we really felt that he could be a, a difference maker for us, uh, you know, in, in, in the playoffs. You got uh, a couple matchups, potential matchups in the playoffs. We know who the teams are in. Is there a preference, Oakville? Brampton that you you'd like to see in the opening rounds? Um, not not really. I mean, you know, I th- I think with Brampton, you know, they 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 actually given us trouble. Um, even last year they were they gave us they gave us trouble and and you know obviously Oakville beat us last year. You know they're very similar, I think, and. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to say who, you know, who we prefer to play. Um, you know, we we know we're we're going to play a real good team, and you know, it's going to be it's going to be a battle for sure. Uh, one more Chiefs question here before we move on, Dewey. Uh, I saw Jammer post up a pic on on Instagram of him in those white Chiefs jerseys. I want to know who made those, who designed those things. Those are some of the nicest lacrosse jerseys I've ever seen. About as fresh as you can get for those whites. Yeah, I guess you got to give credit over to uh, the ILA sports crew over there. I think they uh, 
they came up with that design a few years back and I actually seen that uh, post and forgot about those. And I was thinking to myself, I was thinking, man, those, those look pretty sharp. Well, you know, we should maybe think about bringing those ones back. Yeah, no, they're, uh, they're spectacular. As we speak with uh, Hall of Famer, Dwayne Jacobs, that's got to sound pretty good, Dewey. Uh, tell me how you got the call. How did you find out and, and what was your reaction uh, once you heard the news? Uh, well, I, I got the call probably a couple weeks uh, before it was announced. Um, Dave General had called me, and, and I guess I believe he's on, on the uh, board with the uh, Hall of Fame. And, and he let me know. And I, I, was, a, I was away. I, I was in Michigan at a hockey camp with my son, and it, it, it caught me off guard. I wasn't really thinking about it, and and you know, obviously, it was uh, it was a pleasant surprise, and and was really really happy about it. Um, you know, just thinking thinking back on my career, and 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 thinking, you know, wow, it was uh, it was really something special to to hear that. Speaking of your son, uh, from what I understand, you're taking a step back from the NLL this year, kind of focusing on him. Is that still the plan, or is there anything in the works now for the NLL upcoming season? Oh uh, no, there's there's not, nothing in the plan uh, as far as NLL goes. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. Um, you know, Halifax it, it, it brings more travel and and. Uh, you know, I don't know really if they if they uh, ask me what what type of role. I guess it would all depend. Um, I'm certainly open to some some something uh, if I can help them. But um, you know, I think travel wise, I don't I don't think that's something I could do. Um, you know, every weekend if that if that was uh, if it was something that where they needed me there, but. You know, we'll we'll see. I haven't really talked to Kurt in a while, but uh, you know, I would like to. Yeah, I would like to watch my son and and get to as many games as, as I can. You know, well, <coughs> getting. Get, yep. Sorry, sorry, Dwayne. I was just going to say one place that you will be traveling will be to Langley in September, and then probably coming back in in November for the Hall of Fame induction. At least I hope you are. But I know you're going to be on the bench for the Iroquois Nationals at the World Indoor Lacrosse Championships. Evan and I have been kind of throwing this around over the last few weeks. Like this really could be the Iroquois' best chance to beat Canada. You guys have a star-studded lineup, top to bottom, this this time around. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think so. Um, you know, just lo- looking at at the list that we have, and, and there certainly is a lot of talent, and and um, you know, I think everybody's you know optimistic about our chances. Uh, you know, this time around, and not that we weren't in previous years, but you know, it, we, there's a core group of guys there that are in their prime, and and. Uh, you know the 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 thing now is is to whittle that down to 23, 23 men and, and you know figure out uh, you know what we need to to address uh, in that twenty three man to. Do you have an idea you know, when you're going to do that, Dwayne? Uh, I think it's going to happen this week. Uh, I think uh, we're going to be discussing it uh, on a conference call um, tomorrow night, I believe. And so it, it may well happen this week. 
you've had not only a lot of success on the floor, you've had a lot of success in your career as a lawyer. I, I work on our First Nation. I know a lot of people here listen to the podcast on a weekly basis. What's the best message you can give to the youth, um, the Indigenous youth here? Um, I, I just think, you know, if you, if you, if you have a goal and, and you know, you want to, you want to try and reach that goal, you, you gotta, you gotta put the work in and, and, you know, there's always going to be peaks and valleys, but, you know, if you make your mind up and, and you put, put the work in, you know, you're going to give a, yourself a chance to realize, uh, your goals and your dreams. And, and, and I think that's, you ask any player, um, that's, uh, you know, that's what they've done. I think that's really well said, Dewey, and uh, words to live by, no doubt about it, man. Hey, uh, congratulations on your Hall of Fame induction. Uh, look forward to seeing you in September and then hopefully again at the Hall of Fame. Who knows? Maybe we'll see your Chiefs out here for the Man Cup as well. Thanks for the time, Dewey. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot, Jumbo. Okay, take care, you guys. All right, that was Dwayne Jacobs. He's won it all, Evan. An NLL championship. You heard it. Six man caps. Three as a player, three as a GM. He's going to be on the bench there with Richie Kilgore and the Iroquois Nationals for the World Indoor Championships. And uh, just a wealth of knowledge. And one of the best lefty shooters to ever get it done in Dwayne Jacobs. Yeah, and like you said before, this First Nation, this uh, Iroquois team, I, this is their best chance to win it this year. I, I think Canada is going to have a run for their money, and we're just going to have we're going to have a treat to see how this plays out. I cannot wait, man! Cannot wait. Speaking of waiting, we got to get to break because we got our next guest waiting. That's what you call a segue, right there, Evan. It's Niner Caleb Toth on the other side, right here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network. Pure Vital Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also informed choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Dan Teat, head coach of the Brampton Excelsiors. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. You just heard it right there from Hall of Famer Dan Teat. Growing the game one podcast at a time is what we do here at Lax Class. And now joined by the head coach of the Nanaimo Timbermen, Caleb Toth, uh, Niner, thanks for doing this, buddy. I uh, appreciate the time. Yeah, anytime, bud. Uh, <laughs> I texted you yesterday. I says, has your heart slowed down yet after Friday night's <laughs> game? Uh, mine was off the charts up in, up in the old gondola there in the swamp. My goodness, what a lacrosse game that was on Friday night. You come out on the right side of things. Uh, it was touch and go there. <laughs> like, what was going through your mind when Burnaby tied it up with four seconds left. Well, I was pretty upset that uh, we didn't lock off the creases. So I was, uh, you know, I was more swearing than anything else. But, uh, you know, I thought the game was, yeah, like you said, it was unreal. Um, back and forth, good goaltending, you know, by both teams, um, you know, tying it up with four seconds left they did. 
Uh, you know, both teams had good looks in overtime. Uh, you know, thankfully we uh, we ended up uh, holding the tie and not losing. Um, so we got to go on to the playoffs. Yeah, let me let me ask you about this because watching, I don't know if you've gone back and watched it or not, Caleb, but watching the game, it almost seemed to me like neither team really knew what was on the line should the game have finished in a tie. Was you were you and your bench fully aware that a tie was good enough? Because I asked because I saw. Claxton go for an empty net with about 40 seconds left when he didn't really need to. I saw Gillis shoot the ball with about 20 seconds left when he didn't really need to. I saw Burnaby finally kind of realize, hey, we need to start pulling our goaltender because we need to score here. Uh, yeah. was, was every, were you aware? Was everybody aware what, what was on the line with a tie? Well, I was aware of it. Um, you know, I told the guys uh, when we had our uh, – our, uh, you know, timeout uh, in between uh, the third and the fourth. Uh, I said, hey, guys, like, a tie wins. We go, we move on with a tie. Whether or not everybody heard me or they're in their own little world, you know, who knows. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I knew about it, and so that's why I think it was Gilly had it the last couple seconds left. I was yelling at him just to kill it. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, it was, it was the Claxton one where I was like, what is he doing right now? So maybe the if anybody's going to be kind of tuned out during a timeout, it's probably the goaltender who's standing off and, and talking to the other goaltender, having a drink of water. Yeah, or something. yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you know, I was a little, uh, I was a little peeved when he threw the ball, but uh, you know, I worked out in our favor. He so did, he did score, he did score twice in one game one time. I remember. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that, uh, you know, the first one uh, that he got at Maple Ridge last year, I was like, oh, okay, you yeah, know, yeah. I'll give it to you. But then when he did it again, I was, uh, well, I'll tell you I what. Just told him, I said, you're lucky you didn't get jumped. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I, I I think I played about nine, ten. I don't think I ever had a, you had plenty of two-goal games. I don't think I ever had one. So a, a goaltender <laughs> has had more two-goal games than, than I had in my career. <laughs> Come on, I'm sure you've had a, a game or two where you got two goals. Uh, two two majors, but never never two goals. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it took you a long time, a lot of years in Nanaimo to build the team up to where it is. And several years ago, you stopped trading guys away just because they didn't want to play in Nanaimo. Has that been the major factor to getting to where you are today? Yeah, you know, I think it is. Uh, you know, it's tough to build through the draft when your draft picks don't come play for you. So, you know, we kind of put our foot down and said, you know what, screw it. Uh, if you don't want to play here, uh, you don't get to play lacrosse, So, or you can go play b-ball. Um, you know, we just had that mentality that you know, in order for us to improve, we had to draw the line in the sand somewhere, and, and that was where it, it was. And, you know, once we kind of, you know, would win a couple games and we'd get a couple players to come over, like uh, when we got Gilly to come over and Belgrave and all that, then you see – the, the other guys that we draft, you know, want to come because they see what we're building. And, and you know, it's it's great uh, to be able to, to draft and then bring guys over to play. And, and it definitely, uh, you know, definitely helps us uh, in Nanaimo here. Speaking with Caleb Toth, and it's funny, Caleb, like Brody Eastwood was kind of the, the poster boy of, oh, I don't know if I want to play in Nanaimo. And, you know, oh, you know I, I want to play in Victoria where I'm from. And, and you were like, just come, give it a shot, Brody, and if you don't like it, then we can talk, but we're not going to move you unless you actually come. And, and now the guy is your captain. So, yeah. like, I think he was kind of the pioneer, if you will, 
to send the message to the rest of the guys like, hey, this is a spot where you can come and be an impact player and make a difference. And it's a, I mean, Nanaimo is a great place to hang out for a summer too. Oh, it is. You know, there's lots to do. Uh, you know, it's it's not, uh, you know, a horrible hub city that uh, that it's made out to be. It's it's very nice. They got lots of beaches. You can travel all around. Um, you know, you're an hour from, uh, you know, from Coombs or Mount Washington. Um, you know, you can uh, make a trip to Tofino if you want on a weekend. So, you know, there's, there's definitely lots to do in Nanaimo. And, and you know, the, the big thing is, is the guides. Um, the guys that we have are, are awesome. They're, they're super nice. They like each other. They get along great. They get involved in the community. You know, they're not guys that just go out and party every single night. They're, they're responsible young adults. And, uh, you know, it's it's you can't say too much about uh, how about being responsible when you're young. I know I did a lot of stupid things when I was in my 20s. So uh, these guys have been behaving themselves, and and they know that it, they're representing Nanaimo and and the Timbermen. So they uh, you know they do keep uh, well behaved. Felt a lot of superstars. We talked about Chase Fraser, and we talked about the uh, the contribution of Charlie Claxton. Who are those one and two guys that we don't hear much about but contribute a lot to the team? Uh, well, I think John Phillips, um, you know, he's, he's on the score sheet all the time. I think he was, he led our team in points. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's had another great year, uh, messenger. He kind of does everything for us, plays some D plays some O, um, you know, Colton Clark, uh, another big guy that uh, we rely on a bit, uh, you know, and, and, uh, Finley, Nick Finley yeah. from, uh, from back in Ontario, he's, uh, he's been having a great year. He, I think he had uh, 10 goals this year, maybe, in, in transition. He's just lighting that up for us and playing really good defensively as well. Probably could have had uh, 30 if he buried all his chances. Man, is he effective yeah. in transition. <laughs> like, and, and, I, and I've mentioned it a couple times, and Evan and I are obviously a little more familiar with him, uh, with him being a member of the Rush, but he's just a guy that kind of needed an opportunity to show what he can do, and, and I think he's really opened up a lot of people's eyes here. As we speak with Caleb Tote, the head coach of the Nanaimo Timberman. Uh, you're going to face the Shamrocks in the playoffs, Caleb, I want to talk about that, but and I probably know the answer to this already, but I'm going to ask you anyway, and you probably know what I'm going to ask you, is can you give us an update on your stud right heat, Chase Fraser? Is uh, any chance he's going to be back this year or no? No, no. There is uh, The only way that he'll be back is if we possibly make the Man Cup and, and he might be able to play in that. But, no, he's uh, he's definitely done for, you know, six-day weeks uh, with a torn knee, uh, MCL, and I believe it was PCL. Uh, he doesn't require surgery, but yeah, he's uh, he's pretty much done for uh, yeah, for was, us. That's unfortunate. It was really just kind of a weird nothing play, and and I guess that's how quickly it can be taken away from you. Um, you're going to go up against the Shamrocks here in, in an island rivalry, and I think maybe and correct me if I'm wrong here, Caleb, but I think it's a series that you guys kind of wanted, and I think it's a series that they kind of wanted, and I know it's a series that the island wanted. This is going to be fantastic. You guys traveling up and down the Malahat here, battling for the next, uh, you know, four-plus games, however far it goes. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you know, it's it's nice that we don't have to travel over to Vancouver and, you know, catch that uh, that late ferry back every night and get to bed at 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, it's, it's nice that, you know, for at least the first round, we'll be able to just drive down the Malahat and you know, it, it makes it a lot really entertaining for Island Lacrosse, like for Victoria, for Nanaimo. Um, you know, you get the fans from Victoria coming to Nanaimo. You get the fans from Nanaimo going to Victoria. So it's, you know, it's really engaged on the island. And, and you know, it's a, it's a great, uh, 
it's a great battle. Um, you know, the, the Island rivalry is, uh, is strong. It's, uh, you know, our guys uh, are, you know, most of them are buddies, but uh, when they play against each other, they just want to win. So it's, it's really intense and uh, hopefully we can uh, sneak it out this year. When I've looked back on your career, um, of course, the thing that still shines to me is that last second goal back in 2000 for the champions cup, you got three NLL titles. You've got two man cups, a Minto, a world. Is there any one of those that stands out to you? Uh, you know what? They all do. Um, they all meant something at the time, um, something a little different. Like the Minto Cup was the first championship I ever won. Um, then the next year, you know, I got the Man Cup, won the NLL championship. Um, you know, that obviously is <laughs> probably not, hey, this is easy. Just sign up yeah. for a year and win. Yeah, no, you know, it definitely was. <laughs> you know, in, in three years, I won three championships, and, you know, it was, uh, it was amazing. And then, of course, uh, you know, you don't really win for a while and, and you want to get back there so bad and you want that feeling of being a champion again. And, you know, I got to do it three times in the NLL and, and that was, uh, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, that I absolutely love about my career is, uh, you know, being able to win championships. Well, it was funny. I was researching uh, uh, for for the podcast here and I, and I asked, but we got a little chat group. I said, is Caleb Toth in the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame or the NLL Hall of Fame or both? And the reply nope. was season, neither. And I was like, yep. What? I was like, what? So I, I'm really hoping that call comes sooner or later, Caleb, because I think you belong in, in both of those things. And uh, I'm sure you're going to get there before too long. Before we uh, let you go, i got to ask you about this, because I, watching the junior series in, 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 in Nanaimo there with Coquillam, and every time a Nanaimo player got hurt, we saw, we saw our buddy Dave Bremner kind of come out on the floor as the head coach slash trainer. You as the senior A coach, and then, like I haven't seen anybody else do this, so this I got to ask this: like, where did the idea of you going out on the floor when it? And we just talked about floor floor wipes off the top of the show. <laughs> you going out with the mop on the floor, wiping up wet spots during the game? Well, someone's got to do it. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yell at my assistant coach to to go out and do it. And if the trainer is, I'll uh, get Nicky out there. Screw it. <laughs> well, Brian would go, but you know what? I'm capable. I got two legs. I can go out there. Um, you know, when I do it, I can slow the game down if I want to slow the game, ah, game down. Right? Okay. I can take my time, refocus. Okay. Yeah, so it's uh So it's this strategy. is something you did on your own volition. Nobody, like, suggested it. You just kind of started, to, and now it's like a thing, right? Like, you have to do it now. <laughs> no, no, I don't have to do it, but... Uh, you know, when, when I want something, uh, like if, if I want to slow the game down, I'll go out and do it, or I'll tell my uh, my equipment guy when he goes out and do it just to take his time. And, yeah, it's 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 all about managing games. Cunning, very cunning. That, uh, that's interesting. Now, and, and that's funny because we were, like, saying, like, it's almost gotten to the point now where guys are, like, maybe just wringing out their jersey a little bit or maybe they squirt a water bottle over the boards and say, hey, hey, like, we need a floor wipe here because they're – you know, the momentum's going the wrong way on him. I, I hope the game doesn't come to that, but I, I like the idea if, you know, you take the slow walk out with the mop, maybe have a word with a defender and a quick chat with your goaltender while you're mopping up there and then uh, stroll back to the bench, and it's almost yeah, like... Or a, a stare down. Yeah. Or stare down at the referee. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Fair enough. I like it. I like it. Caleb, uh, best of luck in the playoffs Thank you very man. Much. and uh, I'm sure we'll cross paths sooner or later and, and have you back on the show as well.
Yeah, you bet. Anytime. All right. Caleb Toth of the Nanaimo Timberman. He's got his jersey retired there at the Saddle Dome. I don't know why this guy's not in the Hall of Fame, Evan. You just heard him rattle off all the championships he's won. What's the deal with that? Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. And perhaps the NLL, the Hall of Fame hasn't inducted anybody in a while. So maybe that's part of it. But He's on my list. You know, like I said, that the la- he's got the last goal in Maple Leaf Gardens history. Mm-hmm. That goal will live forever. Yeah. And I think, you know, that on its own should be a consideration, but the number of championships is just tremendous. Yeah. Uh, probably the most famous goal in National Lacrosse League history. I think it is. I, and I don't know if you ever, like, had a good look at the stick that Caleb used to play with. And, and if you've ever seen Mark Matthews' stick, the butt end that he's – like, he uses, like, a half a roll a tape on his butt end, has, like, a huge knob on Caleb used a full roll of tape. Like, it was a mon- – I don't know how he played with the thing. Anyways, he did very well during his playing career, and he's turned himself into a great head coach as well. And he's got his Timmerman in the playoffs. They'll take on the Shamrocks. We're going to talk about the playoffs – on the other side. You know what happens, Evan. It's time for Who You Got when we return to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ryland Reese of Burnaby Lakers. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All Stars during the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class Lacrosse fans. Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer with the fourth quarter time and also time for another award-winning edition of Stampede Tax, Who You Got. Uh, Evan, Who You Got is presented by Stampede Tack and Western, where your complete source for boots and motorcycle leathers and gear. The summer riding season is here. That includes horses and motorcycles, Evan. If you need the right stuff when you're out there cruising around on your bike or your horse, they ship Canada-wide, located in Cloverdale since 19... That's before I was born, Evan. Online, stampede.ca. Shopping online, still shopping local. Well, I don't know about award-winning, considering how badly we did last well, week. Well, we could win the... We were combined, combined well, one, seven, and two. I pulled a challenger. Yeah, the chancellor, <laughs> uh, he's never going to live that down. And you just went uh, O and 5 this week, which uh, I I really quite enjoyed. I only went 1 and 4, but you went O and 5. Uh, Carly did the best out of the three of us. She went 2 and 3. So, with that being said, here's our new deal here, Evan. Um, we want to encourage all our listeners to play along with Stampede Tack and Western Wears, who you got. So, listen to the podcast. Figure out which games we're listening. Maybe we'll even post the games if we can figure out how to do that. Uh, then make your picks. That's easy. Make your picks. Whoever does the best gets the hat. Now, if there's a tie, we'll have to say whoever gets their pick picks in first and does the best. We'll get the hat. Right. But that, I, I think make it's, sure, yeah. Instead of. Make sure you use the hashtag who you got so we, we know to trace it. And two T's in who you got as well. Who ya got two T's. Um, so, yeah, I, I think instead of asking people to send us letter grades, we still encourage that because, I you know, we, we want that. But I think for a great way to give away the hat each week, participate in who you got. You do the best. You get your picks in first. So you listen to the podcast right when it comes out. Get your picks in. 
Uh, you do well, you're going to get yourself a cowboy hat. But this week, Carly's getting the hat because she beat both of us. Overall records, however, Evan, um, Carly 11 and 14. You are 12 and 13. Now, there was a tie. You kind of put up a bit of a stink. I said, you know what? Unless you pick the tie, you don't. You didn't win. We all lost that game. There's no more ties anyway because we're into playoff action, so there, we don't have to worry about that anymore. 11 and 14. You were 12 and 13. Well, I, oh, am, for, I MSL, am 14 and 11 and in first place. MSL still has regular season, though. I'm going to risk it. I'm going to risk it. Uh, there's one more regular season game here in the MSL, so don't. Don't get all technically on me here, Evan. Um, so you're losing. I'm behind. I you get the host. host. <laughs> you're hosting. Let's go. The first one's a really interesting matchup. Wednesday night, it's game three of the RMLL Junior A Finals. The Mounties will be in Okotoks for this one. Both game and one and two went to overtime. The, Mount, the Mounties won both in overtime. We mm-hmm. got both games going to overtime. Now, they're doing the 2-2-1-1-1 two, two, one, one, one format here in the RMLL final. So both games that the Mounties won were both at home, and now it's the Raiders' turn for two straight home games as well. Raiders push the Mounties to overtime on the road two games in a row. They're not going down three in this series on their home floor. Give me the Raiders. I'm going to an old trick. Considering I went 0-4, here we go, flipping the coin. Mm. <laughs> the coin is coming it, out. It is It is heads. It is the home team. I got to take the Raiders. Are you doing this for all <laughs> because, your picks now? Are you doing this for every pick? Uh, not all of them. Not, not all of them. But uh, I think you either got to trust the coin or you trust your gut, Evan. I don't think you can have it both ways. <laughs> okay, so the OLA... It's tonight. It's game one of the finals. Actually, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow, Wednesday. They well, we're switch... taping on a Monday. Okay. So tomorrow is Tuesday. Right. So the game is uh, is actually Wednesday. Wednesday is the game. Okay. So they changed that up. Then. They did. Burlington, Burlington, Orangeville. Who you got? Yes. Uh, Orangeville getting past Brampton in five games. Burlington getting past six or St. Catharines in six games. I think Orangeville's a little rested. The Bunny Barn is going to be ruckus. Uh, and I think, you know, they finished in first place. I, there's a reason they got home floor in this series. I don't think it's going to be a sweep by any means, but I'm taking the Dark Empire in game number one. Give me Orangeville. Some ground to make up, and once again, it's a tough one, so I'm just going to go with the Chiefs and mm. see if, if, I, if my gamble pays off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, this is the big one. BC Junior A, it is Tuesday night. It is Game 7. New West heading to Victoria. The winner goes to the Minto. Who you got? Oh, baby. So, again, if I'm hopefully you've tuned in early here to Lax Class. This game is taking place tonight. So, uh, you got to get your picks in early. You still got a chance to make four picks, even if you miss this window. Don't give up. You can still go four and one. Pick's got to be in before face-off, however. Tough, because it's tonight, and listen, I'm not going to pass up a Game 7 opportunity to make a pick. I'm just not going to do it. So, New West at Victoria. New West just won Game 6, 5-3 to three 
Evan. Five to three in game six. I was there. New West had about 14 minutes straight in the second period on the power play, including two long extended five on threes. They could not score. But they do get two in the third, and they get past Victoria to tie that series up at three. Um, I had a chance to, to see my friend Warren Goss after that game, had a chance to give him a big hug. And uh, it was great to see Warren there. And it was, you know, I think it's huge for the Bellies to force a game seven here. And I think they got a little something extra to play for for their GM, whose daughter is still in a coma. And, and a lot of things can happen when a team has a rallying cry. And I think New West is going to use that as motivation on the road in Victoria to punch their ticket to the Minto Cup. Give me the bellies. Bellies. Both teams, both teams are 2-1 and one at home in this series. It's a tough one. But I'm going to take the home team just because they're at home. Yeah. For no other reason that they're at home. But I was almost ready to flip the coin on this one, but I'll leave it for a later pick. I uh, I saw I, th- that was my first look at Victoria this year. They got a lot of talent up front. Dunkerley is a good goaltender uh, out the back end there, and and their offensive kind of little sneak attack at McComber, but he did not finish the game on Game Six. I'm just going to put that out there for you, Evan, before. You, you lock that pick in. McComer did not finish the game for the Shamrocks. I don't know what his status is. Are you still taking the Shamrocks? I'm still taking the Shamrocks. Okay. All right, here we go. MSL Thursday night. Oakville coming off a lopsided win against the Juicers. Mm. Headed to Peterborough, though. Mm-hmm. Who you got? Well, uh, this game obviously means a little bit more for Oakville than it does Peterborough because Peterborough, I think, is locked up first place. Oakville still jockeying there with Brampton. <sighs> this was the MSL final from a year ago. On the road, though, maybe Peterborough is going to rest some guys here uh, with first place locked up. Maybe they don't dress their A lineup and a hungry. Give me Oakville. I'm, ta- I'm going to go. I'm taking the dog here. I'm taking the rock to beat the Lakers. Give me plenty of opportunity to get back in it this week. Mm. I'm taking the Lakers. It's a bit of a drive out there. You never know who's going to show up. And both teams are in the playoffs. Does it matter much? Maybe not. But I'm never going to pick against Peterborough at home. I think maybe I did once, but not going to pick against them anymore. Peterborough takes this one. WLA... Here we go. Wednesday night, game oh, one. Oh, yes. Maple Ridge, New Westminster. Both of them having very strong finishes to the season. Who you got? From fabulous Cam Neely Arena, game one. I will have the call for this one, Evan. Uh, all the home games for the Birds I'll be on the headset for. Game one in Maple Ridge. Give me the Birds. Taking the bar, I'm taking the home team. This series now, I think it was a flip from a year ago. I think New West finished in first. Burrard's finished in fourth. But it was Maple Ridge with the sweep against the Bellies a year ago. I don't think this series is going to be a sweep this year. But I just think Frank Chiliano is playing too well this season. Uh, he has been lights out. Give me the bar. I'm taking the bar at seven. A little tougher in this one. I mean, 
New West came on at the end of the season, but they got Logan Schuss back. They got Kevin Crowley back. Makes it a little more difficult of a pick. Mm. I looked at this, and I looked at it 10 ways sideways, like who's going, and you know what? Coin's coming out. Okay. It says Tails. It's the visiting team. It is the Bellies. Okay, the coin picked the Bellies. Coin picked the Bellies. Oh, by the way, um, I'm supposed to give you my regards from one general manager of the Colorado Mammoth and head coach of the Coquitlam Junior Adnacks, Patrick Coyle. Uh, sends his regards, Evan, for picking Nanaimo last week. For picking Nanaimo last week. Uh, Pat says thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm the jinx right now, right? Yeah, so, yeah pretty I much. I think he's afraid of picking <laughs> That was the one pick I got right last week. Uh, one pick I got right. That was one pick better than you. Uh, quick recap. RMLL. We're both taking the Raiders. OLA. I'm taking Orangeville. You're taking Burlington. BCJ, I'm taking the Bellies. You're taking the Shamrocks. MSL, I'm taking the Rock. You're taking the Lakers. WLA, I'm taking the... We got a lot of different picks. Four out of the five different here, Evan. Uh, the the gap could get really big here. Going to get really big. It could go, get big either way. Mm-hmm. And it, But that's how tough the games were this week to pick. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's what we do here. So, uh, once you listen to this, make your picks. Send them to us at Shemlax, at PXB for Sports, at Lax Class. Uh, make your picks. You do well. You get them in first and do the best. You're going to get yourself a cowboy hat from Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Pretty simple. Uh, let's wrap things up here with news and notes, Evan. Uh, let's kind of whip through this here. We're across the hour mark. Uh, Team USA is announced for the World Indoor Lacrosse Championships. Any big surprises there? I don't know if there's any big surprises, but the difficulty remains in goal for them. I mean, Goa Abrams is about the, 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 the pick that they got, mm. right, for goaltenders. Yeah. It's going to be a struggle for them. That's real. I mean, you look up and down that roster, pretty solid. And then, you know, no disrespect to those guys in goal because they're a thousand times better than I would ever be. But I just like with the kind of shooters that the Iroquois in Canada are going to be firing balls at them. I just don't know how they hang in there. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Playoff dates. We kind of we kind of did that. We know Peterborough, Six Nations, Brampton, Oakville are in for the MSL. Uh, it's Victoria and Nanaimo, it's Bellies Burrards in the WLA. Coquitlam is in the BC final, which means they are in the Minto Cup, waiting the winner of Game 7 between the Junior Shamrocks and Junior Bellies uh, to see who will see them in the BC final, which is a best of five, but both BC teams will be in the Minto. It's Burlington and Orangeville in a best of seven to get to the Minto in Ontario, and it's a best of seven between the Mounties and the Raiders. Mounties up to nothing for the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League to see who comes to the Minto Cup as well. Um, affiliation role. This is kind of a unique thing here where it's almost like it's almost like a bidding war on which team gets to affiliate with which junior team. Now, the deadline is July the 28th, which is Tuesday, which is a day before Game 7 of Bellies and Shamrock. So there is a calculated risk here for one or two teams that want to affiliate. I think New West will just affiliate with the Junior Bellies regardless. They'll just do it. Uh, Shamrocks, however, I think they got some interest in Langley. I think the Berards do as well. Nobody's affiliated with Coquitlam as of yet. So 
teams are going to be talking to teams here, and you got to play a risk because one of these teams is going to be out of the playoffs. One is going to continue. So you kind of have to look at it like, okay, if these teams are going to the Minto Cup, I'm not going to get a chance at them until at least this date, which probably means just for the Man Cup. Or do you affiliate with a team like Langley that's already out of the playoffs, has some nice pieces there that can maybe help you during your playoff run? And then that junior team gets to decide, well, do I want to affiliate with you or do I want to affiliate with you? What are you going to offer? What are you going to offer? It's kind of a crazy thing that I've never really kind of digested completely, but now I'm looking at it this year going, who's going to do what here? And they have till Tuesday at midnight to figure it out. I don't know if I'm such a big fan of this. I mean, part of this affiliation with the draft, where you can protect guys, the whole point of this is, Bring your guys from your city up to the junior yeah, level. Yeah, but Maple Ridge Maybe doesn't have a junior team. No, I don't understand that. So they can affiliate with somebody, right? There, there's a few other teams out there that they can. And if it gets down to the point of, okay, this team's still in the Minto, you can pick somebody else. I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. right? But it should be Nanaimo sticks with Nanaimo. Victoria sticks with Victoria. The Bellies with the valleys yeah and you know i get it th- that's, the that's way not the way it out. is though that's what i'm saying it's it's like a bidding war of who is going to offer more to these junior teams to affiliate with them so kind of interesting um I talked about warren goss and, and seeing him that was great uh emily still in hospital and and um no real further update as of this week i haven't uh, i haven't seen anything come across my email or anything as far as an emily update so um i just i'm gl- so glad i got a chance to see warren and give him a hug and and let him know that uh the entire lacrosse world is is pulling for him um interesting tweet coming from scott loffler of the buffalo bandits and just kind of a open-ended a little vagueness to it, Evan. Uh, I get, here's the quote. I guess NLL free agency has already begun. You want to you want to explain this? Yeah, they must have changed the rule because now you can't talk to prospective free agents until August 1st. It used to be you could talk on July 1st. So it's supposed to be a system where you get to talk to your guys until a certain point of time. And on August 1st, they risk going wherever, maybe even earning less by not signing. Mm-hmm. But but this is the thing about the LL. People go through back channels from time to time. They try to beat the system. You know, we've seen handshake deals left, right, and center. This is not unusual. Does it surprise me? Not one bit. Should it be happening? Absolutely not. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Ryan Binesh, franchised by Halifax, three-year deal for Benny Boy. And I know a lot of people are a little bit confused on the unrestricted free agent over 34 franchisable. You want to explain all this? Sure. Once a player turns 34, they have the right to reject the franchise tag. So especially in the expansion draft, there was no point in drafting anyone that was 34 or older because you're probably looking to franchise them and they can reject it. Now, where this makes sense in the case of Banesh is that you get a 25% raise by being a franchise player. So you get 25% above league max, works out to about 9,000 a year, but still significant. You know, so that's the one leverage that Halifax has to ask Ryan Banesh, 
to fly out to Halifax every week rather than approach the Toronto Rock and try and play somewhere closer to home. Mm. He's got the deal. He's got a three-year deal. I'm a little surprised by the length of it more than anything because Cody Jameson is a free agent soon. You might have needed that franchise tag for him. Ask, answer me this. Once you franchise a guy, can you trade him? And if you trade him, is he still the franchise guy for another team? Or does he become unfranchised? Or can you even trade your franchise guy? No, that happened to Aaron Bold. They did the, the, the rush franchise them, shipped them to New England. He remained the Rush's franchise player for that year. Okay, so but the so if a team has already franchised a player, they cannot acquire another franchised player. No, they they New England had franchised Sean Evans at that time, so Aaron Bold counted as Saskatchewan's franchise player. Now the difficulty is you've got two guys earning twenty five percent above league max. You run into salary cap issues. Hang on a second. So then Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan couldn't franchise another guy because they still had the franchise tag on Aaron Bold, even though he was now a member of the Black Wolves? That's correct. That's okay. Uh, let's move along, shall we? Uh, minor Nationals, don't forget, from Coquitlam, August the 15th, which is just a couple of weeks away. Uh, just in the works of getting the website up and loaded as far as the entire schedule goes, you can find all those games webcast, every single one of them, on the home of the Minor Nationals, lacrosse-tv.com. Lacrosse-tv.com. Uh, should be available for purchase probably by the weekend, and uh, I suggest you sign up for those. going to be great. Uh, midget Provincial Champions, Wanda Fuca in the A1. I believe Burnaby in the A2 out there at the Langley Event Center over the weekend. Uh, so congrats to those two teams. Provincials, like Midget Provincials, that might be like – the most important game some of those players ever played, the biggest game that they ever played, and, and that's a huge deal, winning a prevent, especially at the midget age. Like, that's pretty special. Yeah, because by midget age, they're eligible to play junior B, junior C, or junior A, right? So, you know, some of the top players have already moved on. You know, a lot of them, that's going to be their last game other than maybe getting onto a senior C team in the future. Well, no, no, no. Midget midget is before junior A. So you play two years of midget, then you got five years of junior A coming up after that. But uh, still, like th- a lot of those kids may not ever go past midget. They might just stop playing lacrosse or not make junior A and think, uh, you know, like, do I want to keep doing this? So anyways, uh, congrats to the midget A provincial winners. Wanda Fuca and A1. Burnaby, I believe, in A2. Congratulations to those guys. couple more things here on news and notes before we let you go on lacrosse classified. Uh, last Wednesday, we all know about the jersey mix-up, faux pas, whatever happened. I, I'm going to leave it alone. All I want to do is say good on everybody who made a bid on those jerseys, especially Logan Schuss, who outbid himself uh, at the end of the night. $2,800 raised for the Tessa Beauchamp Foundation by the Langley Thunder and fans alike. And that's really what I want to focus on here today is the positive. 2800 bucks, nicely done uh, to the Langley Thunder and the Tessa Beauchamp Foundation and to Logan Schuss, especially, who outbid himself uh, for one of those jerseys. Last thing I want to mention, we had one of our colleagues uh, have a bit of a, a rough week, Evan, and um, it just kind of brought me back to, to mental health a little bit. 
you know, for, for both of us, it's something we've, we've had to deal with a little bit in our lives. Some, you know, both of us have had some tough times and, and one of our, our compadres had a tough week. And I just, I wanted to put back out there because it, it seems that the only time we really, really open up and talk about it is during Bell Let's Talk. And it's something that should be talked about more and all the time and freely and openly and I just want to say, if you're out there and you're having a tough go, reach out, slide in my DMs, shoot me a text, an email, a tweet, whatever. I'm here. I'll talk to you. There's people out there that care and love love you. Get through the day. And don't be afraid yeah. to talk about your problems. No, absolutely. And one of the things that I think we've learned, more people need to learn, or what are the signs? Mm. You know, Ted... The obvious sign is Teddy is a very good contributor to the group chat. All of a sudden, he's silenced. Like, okay, what's going on, right? And you know, I reached out, you reached out, a whole bunch of people did, and it's like, what? You know, because I know Teddy would do the same thing for me. He'd do the same thing for you if, if any of this happened. Um, the the key for those that don't know is talk. Just reach out to that person, make sure they're okay, because. That's what they're probably missing is just some form of attention. Yeah, it doesn't even um, have to be talking about what issues you're having or why you're upset or depressed. Just talk to somebody. Just talk to somebody. Get yeah. a conversation going and and let things play out. And, and I think that's yeah, the key. No. But, yeah, just look for, the, I mean, look for the signals. No, I mean, for me, it was just, you know, telling Teddy I loved him. That's what he needs to know. I, I should have called him. I, I, you know, I regret that. But, um, you know, hope he's feeling better. Um, he is. Circumstances were, were crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't need to know. get into all of it. And, and uh, Teddy's doing better. And uh, I know he'll get through it. But uh, just had a bit of a tough week, and it just kind of led me down the path to want to bring that subject up one more time here on Lax Class. Uh, we're here for you 24-7. You can follow us along on social media at ShemLax at PXP for sports or at Lax Class and uh, reach out if you want to talk. We're here. That's what we do. We talk, not just about lacrosse, um, but we did a lot of that here today, Evan. I thought that was a, a great episode 38. Caleb Toth, Dewey Jacobs, uh, fantastic stuff there. No, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really expanding my horizons with this stuff. This is This summer ball is stuff that I don't get to see a lot of mm-hmm. because – you know, other than the SWAT out here, there really isn't much. So it's something now that I think because of this, I've actually watched or, you know, followed even on Twitter or whatnot, a, a fair number of games that I wouldn't have even looked at in the past. Well, perfect. I hope uh, there's more of you out there just like Evan who have uh, got turned on to some summer ball lacrosse. It's good. I mean, it's all all the same guys, really. All right, Evan, uh, let's get the people on their way here. Thanks for checking out Lacrosse Classified once again. Don't forget, smash that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, you name it, subscribe. And it gets delivered right to your phone each week. I mentioned the social media. A big thanks to our sponsors, of course, in Associated Labels and Packaging, Pure Vital Labs, Stampede Tech, and Western Wear. Couldn't do the podcast without you. Thank you for your continued support and make sure you are supporting our sponsors. For Caleb Toth and Dwayne Jacobs, thanks for coming on the show. And to you, the listener, of course, for checking out Lax Class every single Tuesday. 
right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. For Evan Sheminar, I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, enjoy the games, everybody. <laughs>